listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast. I am Tiny. Sitting across from me is John Long. What's up? Together, we are the bad boys of Southern Evangelical Comedy, the unwanted, the untrained, the uneducated, unwashed, un- <laughs> the unofficial, all uh, that other unstuff. Yeah. How y'all? How is everybody doing? How are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, I was about to tell you right before we did the intro this week, uh, went out to the warehouse. I was checking on something and there was our mutual friend, Jeff Hearn. Oh, yeah. Loading up some mattresses we were donating (laughs) to SD Allen Ministries. And I asked him how many of them he was going to sell to you. (laughs) (laughs) Does he have any for sale? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. There were some good ones in there, yeah. you know. I mean, some of them were uh, warranty returns or mm-hmm. something like that, or they had some damage or something. But I don't know. You may, you may hit him up. <laughs> may hit him up. If I know you, you probably already have, and you eyeballed him. He probably called you directly as he was pulling out of the parking lot. I will say this: I have a really close friend in my family who uh, they were looking for some furniture. Oh yeah, and. uh they were like, so do you think Jeff might have anything? Oh. And I was like, well, I can ask. Yeah. But you could always go check at Spiller. And then we both <laughs> laughed, like our evil, maniacal laugh as after I said that. Uh, <laughs> Tiny, I, I have a family to feed, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Jeff does too, but yeah. selling furniture is not his, that's not where he makes his money, right? He makes his money running a nonprofit. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's a minister. Sure, he's a minister. Yeah. Yeah, so they're used to being broke. I'm not. <laughs> That's the point of this thing, right? Right. Yeah. Like, he has to, uh, you know, sell his possessions and all that. I mean, isn't that what Scripture says? Uh, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not bound by that. <laughs> well, now, hold on. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> you may remember earlier this year I talked about needing another mattress. I do. Still need another mattress. Yeah. The reason we haven't replaced that mattress is because my you youngest were... kid kicked me out of the bed. Oh. So it's not my problem anymore. I got you. <laughs> you okay. Know? That's a rough stage. We finally gotten over mm-hmm. kids coming and getting in bed with us. Yeah. Uh, that's that was always difficult because mm-hmm. for some reason it's always me, or I guess you in your case, that has to get up and go oh, sleep yeah, somewhere else. Absolutely. Mama gets to stay. Mm-hmm. Cause they're not coming in there for dad anyways. You <laughs> right. know? Or at least my kids never were. But, uh, but now, uh, the Mrs., she did say she wanted another mattress. Yeah. Uh, I don't suppose there's a Mother's Day sale coming up, is there? Of course. Okay. But well. we have every we have sale prices on our mattresses every day. Every no day. Joke. Comparable. I mean, I don't want to get into a commercial for spilling <laughs> furniture or mattress, but I'm going to. Yeah. If you would compare our mattresses and how they were constructed, mm-hmm. symbol mattresses made in Alabama, by the way. So, I mean, you're keeping your money local on a several different fronts here. Right. Um, and if you were to compare our mattresses with, say, a mattress specific store, I don't want to say another business's name. Like Casper. Well, <laughs> first of all, if you're buying a, a bed that comes to you folded up in a box. Yes. Uh, you, I, I've just questioned, <laughs> right? But but that's neither here nor there. 
if you were to go to another mattress store and compare similarly constructed mattresses, mm-hmm. we would beat them on price every day long. Nice. Cool. If okay. you're looking at coal count, foam, all that so stuff. I don't even need to go look at those other places. No, really not. Y'all got them beat. Yeah, we definitely got them beat nice. on mattresses. So, I mean, our nicest mattress that mm-hmm. we carry, you know, in our regular lineup is a great mattress. Okay. And it, it is for the price you would pay for it for us, you would pay way more somewhere else. Y'all have a California King? Well, we can get California Kings. Okay. Do you have a California King bed? Well, I have a I have a king size bed frame. All right. Let's and it's got a king size mattress on it, but yeah. it still like don't fill up the full frame. Right. So well, let's talk about the differences between California King and regular King. A lot of people think California King is like something super nice. It's just a little bit extra, right? No. Oh. A California King is longer than okay. a regular King, but it's narrower than a regular King. Ooh. So it is six inches longer than a regular King mattress, mm-hmm. but it's six inches. So they basically shave the six inches off the side of it and put it on the box. Gotcha. So well, that's no good. People think it's fancy because oh, I got a California King, and <laughs> right. you're like, well, you're five ten. You don't need a California <laughs> yeah. King, you know. Well, now I definitely now could use a California yeah. King. You're a you're a tall guy. How tall are you? Six five. Yeah, so you may need a California. King. But now we need that width too, right? If you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got you. you. Get a little rowdy. I understand. <laughs> well, I was actually referring to say I'm a wide guy okay. as well, yeah. not just tall. Yeah. So you just have to think about what you want. Now we don't carry California King in our regular lineup but we can get them in yeah. no problem we just we don't sell enough of them mm. to matter they need to make an alabama king <laughs> which is six inches longer as well as six inches wider okay i was thinking of a first cousin joke or something to throw in there but uh yeah so uh i think a lot of people get confused mm-hmm. on california king because i think it's like more luxurious or something, mm-hmm. but you're like, no, it's just longer and narrower than a regular king. So gotcha. for most people, a regular king mattress will do them just fine. Okay. They just don't know the difference. Good to know. A good friend of ours, his ex-wife, who I referenced in Sunday school this morning. Okay. She used to brag about having a California King bed. Like mm. it was something. I never told her the difference, but <laughs> right. she would always, anything, oh, I'm in my California King bed. I want to be like, no, you're not tall enough to need that. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it ain't fancy. So yes, any, anybody out here listening, come see us down at Spiller Furniture Mattress. If you mm-hmm. need a mattress, we got you. We got something that'll work for you. I promise. And don't buy one from the internet. No. Because they may give you a hundred nights to sleep on it and tell you you can send it back. Right. But who is going to send a mattress back? Like, sure. I'm sure it can be done, but right. it's got to be expensive. Yeah, I don't know how all that works. And, and I don't I don't know this, but I feel like my baloney detector in my head is saying that's how they get you. They know right. once they deliver that mattress and sure. once you've taken it out of its box and it's <laughs> unfurled all yes. over the place. Right. And you've given it like what three days to rise, like yeah, yeast. whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they know you're not going to send it back because it would probably cost you, I don't know, a few hundred yeah. dollars to send it back, and it'd be a huge trouble. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I well, this is a, a mattress podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get into it. I just question. And I know there are probably people out there right now sleeping on Casper and Purple and mm-hmm. all of them. You Just know. kicking themselves. Yeah. That well, no, that's I, what I, I bet you they're perfectly happy on them, <laughs> you know. But 
a normal mattress, you're going to get ten, a normal good quality mattress. You're going to get 10, 15 years out of really good use out of it. You know, mm-hmm. now if you mean Deidre, you got to cut it down about eight because we, we put a little work <laughs> on it. But uh, for most folks, you know, you're going to get that much time. And I question the durability of something that was mm-hmm. folded up into something UPS could bring to you. And then. It's lifted out and because I'm assuming it's a hundred percent foam or something. Because you know? I'm assuming the mattresses at Spiller Furniture did not come in like smooshed down no. in a little bitty box. No, they don't. They no. probably come in a box truck yes. wrapped in cellophane. They, they come in a semi truck, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a in a van trailer. What about odd news? Did anything weird happen this uh, past week? Yeah. I, well, speaking of betting, I got a My Pillow story. Okay. Everybody loves Mike Lindale from My Pillow. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Except David Hogg. Yeah, right. Which <laughs> I read this week too. He has divested himself from his pillow company. Oh, he's he's maybe he went he re- through with it, but now he's not. He's not on board no yeah, more. Yeah, I think he he decided it wasn't. Well, you know why. Why? Why? It's, probably not making money. He, he can't compete with yeah. my pillow. My pillow oh, yeah. is so awesome. He knows he can't. He can't do it. He, he wants to take him down, sure. but he just—he's not powerful enough to he, do so. Yeah, he doesn't have it. No. Uh, so I got that. I got a woman who tried to use a one million dollar bill. Normal, <laughs> right. right? We have those. <laughs> Was it one of those that you open it up and say, "This may not be a million dollars, but the <laughs> message about Jesus Christ is priceless." My mom used to leave those with. <laughs> now, to my mom's credit, she would leave a tip, but right. that would be in with it too. <laughs> know. You know, I mean, uh, when just... I was growing up. And um, then I got another one about a high school basketball coach. So, okay. what, what about you? Well, we're going to talk about M&M's and a backlash they're facing. Okay. We're going to talk about a dude who tried to mail himself All right. through the mail. But I wanted to start with this one, and this one is a huge story. Pentagon confirms pyramid-shaped UFO video footage is authentic. Oh. So this is another... All right. We've all, we're all familiar with the Navy videos that were released, what, back at the tail end of 2017? Yeah. They were nicknamed the Gimbal, the Go Fast, and I think something else video. Right. Well, we've got another one. Huh. Have you seen the video? Yes, I have. It's very interesting. It, it is looks, interesting. It looks like a Magic 8 ball. <laughs> just just the little triangle <laughs> sure. part. Like just floating. The bar that says, you know, outcome not likely. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, and this comes from Science Alert. A series of newly surfaced images and videos of unidentified flying objects filmed by the U.S. Navy have now been confirmed as authentic by the Pentagon. Not a dude on the internet. Right. No, <laughs> like, this is the Pentagon. Yeah. Right. Not trust no one 69 on YouTube. <laughs> the Pentagon. Yes. While many in the public generally refer to such mysterious sightings as UFOs, the more modern term used in defense circles is unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP. I, I don't like that they're changing the the terminology. Really? Uh, let's stick with UFO. Well, I think the reason they're doing that is because, one, well, I mean, everybody knows about it now, but before everybody knew about UAP, it let them talk about UAP without the public catching on. Yeah, right. Nobody's doing a freedom <laughs> right. of information request. Yes. That's a very good point. But also, UFOs have become synonymous with yeah. little green men from Mars. That's true. You know? Well, that's where they're from. Everybody knows. Yeah, and well, <laughs> well not everybody knows. Oh, sure. Yeah. And well, also, they have a base on the dark side of the moon, too. I think phenomena is also probably a better terminology because objects, you know, ball lightning. 
Sure. You can't describe that as an object, yet it is a phenomena. True. That could potentially explain some of this. Okay. Anyway, it says that the, uh, this is something the intelligence community takes very seriously. While, UFO, yeah. while UFOs are stigmatized topic associated with conspiracy theories and intertwined with pop culture, the fact remains that UAPs, sometimes also referred to as anomalous aerial vehicles or AAVs. Oh, now we're getting too deep. This is why you can't change it, you know, because they just keep going on. Yeah. Well, it's like, how many different names for Bigfoot are there? Uh, Yeti. (laughs) The Yowie. Oh, yeah, you know a bunch. I just know Bigfoot and Yeti (laughs) and and the Skunk Ape. O-Rang, Pendek. Yeah. Skunk Ape. Yeah. All those. The Yaren. Sure. We're we're doing, I guess we're going to do the same thing with aliens now. I guess so. (laughs) Anyway, these are very real and they represent documented sightings of phenomena that neither the military nor scientific observers can easily identify. Newly surfaced sightings sourced by filmmaker Jeremy Corbell and reporter George Knapp. Oh, George Knapp. He's been doing this a long time. Yeah, he's been in the game for a long time. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Include footage of mysterious pyramid-shaped craft flying through the sky, along with images of three other strange objects, one of which appears to have been shared online last year. Which, it's funny how these things sometimes get out. Yeah. But, I mean, if you just go to YouTube and type in UFO, you get thousands of of search results. Right. It's just funny to think that one of those is real, but, like, nobody knows. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I remember... Uh, David Fravor, he was the guy who flew, who was flying the jet. Yeah, and back in 2014, mm-hmm. he actually chased one of these things. Yeah, that was the peel looking thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. the the tic tac. Yeah, tic tac. He said in an interview that it was classified, and for years he didn't talk about it. And mm-hmm. then one day, out of the blue, he gets an email. Someone said, "Hey, remember this?" And he clicks the link, and it was the video oh, that was wow. shot, but it was from some website like. Uh, you know, truth is out there. Yeah. Coast to coast.com. Yeah, yeah. It was something, uh, right. some crazy site. Yeah. And he's just like, how did this get out? <laughs> how did y'all get this? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, it's the Blink 182 guy. You know, <laughs> that's what it he's is. He's releasing all of it. It's the uh, Academy to the Stars. Yeah. To Academy the stars. of Arts and Sciences. Yeah. Right. Yes. While nobody knows for sure just what these enigmatic visions really are, the Pentagon has at least confirmed that the images are genuine. So actual photography and footage of UAPs captured by the U.S. Navy. I can confirm that the referenced photos and videos were taken by Navy personnel. Pentagon spokesperson Sarah Goh said in a statement distributed to numerous media outlets, the UAPTF or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, has included these incidents in their ongoing examinations. But while the Pentagon corroborates the authenticity of the imagery, the U.S. Department of Defense hasn't clarified anything further than that, remaining tight-lipped about what, if anything, their investigations of these strange objects might have upturned. Anyway, it just goes on and on to talk about the other ones. It talks about uh, Jeremy Corbell here. Says thanks to Corbell and Knapp's investigations, however, more can be revealed about the details of these sightings, including details presented in a series of classified intelligence briefings in May 2020 by the UAPTF to educate defense personnel on UFOs/slash UAP matters. In the briefings, one reported sighting details observations of a pyramid-shaped craft filmed by the crew of the USS Russell off the coast of San Diego in July of 2019. Well, you know. 
this might be something George Knapp wants to look into, but it's yeah. just a thought of mine. Uh, with it being pyramid shape, this could be an Advocare UFO, you know? <laughs> yeah, an Advocare. <laughs> <laughs> or rodent in fields or yeah. any of that stuff, you know? <laughs> right. Thrive. <laughs> that may be a whole marketing scheme from them. I was saying, we might want to look into it. I need everybody... You need the, to fly the UFO and go out and get two more people <laughs> to fly, fly UFO too. <laughs> and then they go out and get two sure, people. Sure, right. Yeah. But no offense to anybody who sells <laughs> Avocare. Oh, a good friend of ours, a relative of yours by marriage, was a big Avocare seller. You <laughs> Huge know? Avocare salesman. Right. I tried to talk me into it one time. Oh, everybody. Well, yeah. he, was, he, he was trying to. He was. <laughs> that's the whole scheme. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But how do these things work? The UAPs? Yes. I have no idea. Nuclear fission. They say that they show no visible signs of propulsion. Right. There's no heat coming sure. off of them. Yeah. Cold it's, fusion. It's strange. That's what it is. <laughs> cold fusion. Cold it would have fusion. To, if it's fusion, it's got to be cold Yeah, fusion. exactly. So, so I'm not smart enough to know how they work. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that... Uh, you know, forever, if you saw a UFO, people just called you nuts. So, right. right. People still do. Yeah. Even with the Pentagon coming out and saying, yeah, those are UFOs, people right. will still say that. Yeah. But now you can go, well, hey, the if you're a person who sees one mm-hmm. and somebody's like, well, you're crazy, you can go, well, hey, the UFO, uh, the Pentagon backs me up. You know? <laughs> right. Like, so who's crazy <laughs> now? Okay. He spent $23 million on crazy. Sure. Right. Yeah, they they are. Which, granted, uh, that's just a drop in the budget, right. In the bucket for their budget, but, but if still, you, if you see a UFO now, you got the Pentagon and the dude from Blink One Eighty Two on your side. <laughs> yes. I don't know what else you need, really. You <laughs> yeah. And filmmaker Jeremy Corbell, sure, right? George Knapp, but he's always been on your side. <laughs> he's, he's been. Yeah. I was gonna say he's been there for a yeah. while because he took over after Art Bell. Mm-hmm. You know, he died. Art Bell, the legend. Of yes. All of this, of everything. And I'll say this about George Knapp. He is like a legit journalist. Yeah. You know, he's one of the few investigative journalists left. Yeah, right. Know? No, for real. He mm-hmm. he does his work. Which I'm wondering, and now it just dawned on me. You think there is like a coast to coast you can listen to old episodes as a podcast? If not, they should do that. I have no idea. Not to not to advertise another podcast on our podcast. <laughs> well, that, they still do coast to coast. Yeah, right. And but I was thinking you could go back and listen to Art Bell, you know. I don't know. It sounds like something you could charge money for, too. Right, sure. So. <laughs> I'd just like to listen to a few wild card episodes, you know, where people right. would just call in about anything. Mm-hmm. I used to, of course, I used to be a night owl in my younger days, in my <laughs> right. naked guitar playing days for those who are, <laughs> who see me on my on Instagram. my personal Instagram <laughs> for those few lucky ones. Uh, and I would just stay up and listen to it. Man, it was wild. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it freak you out. Right. You know? I mean, you'd be like, wow, I'm, either I have smoked too much or this is real. I don't know, but it's weird. Okay, put, putting you on the spot right here, right now. Sure. If you had to take a stab mm-hmm. and guess what these things are, what yeah. would you say? Well, of course, they are interdimensional aircrafts that demons use to get to Earth. Okay. I mean, everybody knows that. That's confirmed, right? That's <laughs> no, yeah. not confirmed yet. No, it's definitely confirmed. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely confirmed. I I still, just simply because it being the simplest answer, I would still lean towards the idea that they are classified aircraft sure. that are 
made by us. Yeah. No, I, I would just, lean to that just, too. Just because that's that's Occam's razor. Yeah. That said, some of the maneuvers that these things make and some of the things that they're capable of. Right. It it, it makes me open to the idea yeah. that it's something else. No, I mean, my hope is that they are aircraft that we haven't divulged <laughs> to the right. world. Right. Yeah. So when the next World War pops off when Biden gets out and fired up. <laughs> Hopefully we have some aces up our sleeve nobody knows about, you know. Fingers crossed. I mean, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. You know, uh, and not to get off on Biden, everybody loves Biden. He's great. He's like everybody's pawpaw. Mm-hmm. Never explain why we just went and bombed Syria. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it was like I mean, there was never really a good explanation for that. And people have just kind of forgot. Like, we just lobbed a few bombs over there. Like, oh, you know, we're done. For now, you know, yeah, I wonder if the expiration on those bombs were fixing to go <laughs> out. So he just had to go ahead well, and use them. Well, he hadn't had the power to do that in a while. So maybe he just had like an itchy trigger <laughs> finger or something. It was like, I just, you know, I got to get a, get one off here real quick. <laughs> right. you know? But yeah, like nobody ever. And but, we, we hadn't even talked about it. You know, like it just went away. Like people talk about him falling up the stairs now but and all thank that. The Lord, there's no more mean tweets. Sure. I mean, we yeah. can all agree on that, right? No, yeah. I no know. more mean tweets. Yes. And I'm, I am happy Biden has continued to say he's going to draw down our forces in Afghanistan and get them all out of there because mm-hmm. we need to be out of there. Right. We've been there for 20 years. It's just <laughs> wild. Which Afghan, the Afghani people said when we started that war, like, you will never conquer us. And we were like, no, nah, sure, we'll give it a shot. And, <laughs> you know, like, even today, we're like, hey, you know, they may have been right. You know? well, that's you remember the- when Russia tried for like 20 years before we got over there? <laughs> yes. And just finally, we're like, no, nah, we're done. You know? All you have to do is survive. Sure. So yeah. there's been a lot of wars won. I don't know, Vietnam? Yeah. All you got to do is yeah. outlast yeah. All the you other guys. Is- you have to let your enemy get tired of being killed before you get tired of being killed. <laughs> yes. That's the key to it all, you know? Like, yeah. and yeah, I mean, credit to the Afghani people mm-hmm. for, uh, I mean, Taliban, def- no, we disavow. You know, we're not a pro Taliban podcast, just like to come out and say right. that. Uh, they do a lot of bad stuff, but, uh, what are they giving us a run for our money over there? <laughs> yeah. You know, with like 40 year old Soviet equipment and everything. I know we need to move on, but right before we do, I would also just like to briefly say I'm also a big fan of the theory that these are time travelers. Okay. That yeah. in the future, people have mastered time travel, yeah. and that's what we're yeah. looking at. Okay. Yeah, that might work. Just kind of fun, fun idea. I've never seen a pyramid-shaped DeLorean, but I'm not <laughs> saying they don't exist. Yeah. Maybe if you get the right angle, it looks like it's a pyramid. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on to another story, and this isn't so much a funny story. It's actually kind of sad, but I just thought when I saw the headline, I was like, this is odd. This is about as odd news mm-hmm. as it can get. A beloved high school basketball coach was killed trying to rob rob the Mexican drug cartel. <laughs> oh, no. Students and parents alike joined in the morning of the sudden death of a popular high school basketball coach earlier this week in Monroe, North Carolina. They fondly recalled his uplifting all love, no fear motto, the encouragement and motivation he gave to students at his school and his smile that will forever remain etched into our hearts, they said. Uh, But two days later, the local sheriff dropped a bombshell. Teacher Barney Dale Harris had died while allegedly trying to rob a Mexican drug cartel. Hmm. 
Harris, who taught Spanish at Union Academy Charter School and served as the boys' head basketball coach, was found dead last week in a mobile home belonging to the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. Um, widely considered to be widely considered to be the most powerful and ruthless drug cartel in Mexico. Uh, Harris, who was 40, seemed to have come prepared for a fight. He was found in the stash house wearing a bulletproof vest, gloves, and a face cover. Well, coronavirus, of course, <laughs> you know, the sheriff said uh, he had been shot multiple times. It was almost like an old Western shootout, the sheriff said, adding that three neighboring homes were left riddled with bullet holes. Harris had gone to the trailer with his brother-in-law, Stephen Alexander Stewart Jr., in order to rob a cartel member named Alonzo Beltran Laura. Well, that was all according to the sheriff. The attempted attack wasn't meant to be one-off, the sheriff said. Harris and Stewart were said to have been tracking the cartel's movements through North Carolina to pinpoint stash houses in hopes of robbing them. This sounds like a like an episode of some TV show, you know? Yeah, like Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've never seen Breaking Bad, but yeah, something like that. <clears throat> the I-85 and I-40 corridor has really caused Alamance County, which is in North Carolina, to be a great place to deposit their drugs, the sheriff said of the cartel's growing presence in the area. The theft did not go as planned. When police officers discovered their grisly scene after reports of gunfire in the mobile home, they found Harris's body as well as Laura's. Uh, the cartel member the two had allegedly plotted to rob. Laura's hands and feet were bound, and he was shot execution-style, the sheriff said, mm. though he was still clinging to life when police got there. Uh, officers brought him to a nearby hospital where he died, unfortunately. The trailer looked like it had been ransacked, the sheriff said. They were looking for money or drugs or both, he said. Deputies found a bag with 1.2 kilos of cocaine and about 7000 in cash near Laura's body. Stewart who had apparently fled following the firefight, was found at his home with related objects tied to the crime scene. Now, this is his brother-in-law. Okay. And he was charged with first-degree burglary and first-degree murder, and he's been held without bond. Um, the news of the violent circumstances surrounding Harris's death rocked Monroe, where Union Academy has issued a statement just two days earlier calling on students to wear school colors to celebrate Harris. School leaders have lauded him, saying Harris's motto all love, no fear, will forever be hard, part of who we are as a school. Love each other and live each day to the fullest. Uh, it goes on to talk about how devastated the community is and everything, but I, I feel like that's enough. Mm -hmm. um, he certainly lived by the no fear principle. Absolutely. <laughs> motto. Like, you don't want to bump up against the cartel. No, I mean, don't. out of, like, if I'm ranking people I want to get tangled up with, the mm -hmm. cartel's way low, way low. I mean, it's smart, the idea that I'm going to rob a criminal because yeah. then they can't they go can't to the do police. Anything. Sure. Problem is, that's not exactly a soft target. No. no. <laughs> the reason no. criminals go after, you know, old ladies and, you know, pudgy middle-aged guys <laughs> because they know they're going to go tell the police and then the police are, you know, they're they're going to take a report down. Yeah. But that's usually gonna all they're gonna do. But how about if like you're mourning your basketball coach and he was such a wonderful person, and then you find out, oh hey, uh, he was robbing the cartel. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, maybe he wasn't such a good guy. You know, do we need to wear school colors now? I don't know. I will say I don't feel sorry for the Mexican cartel. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna get no, that no. attitude. 
I can't believe he would just do that to <laughs> no. the cartel. Members. First of all, if you're in the cartel and you're listening to this podcast, no offense by that last <laughs> statement. And that was Tiny who said that, just to go on record, okay? <laughs> I wholeheartedly support the cartel <laughs> <laughs> and all of your activities. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say stop human trafficking cartel members. Okay, yeah. You know who was against the border wall? The cartels were. Yes. 100% were against they it. too much money. Yeah, 100% against the border yes. wall. They were big time against it. Cartels and Biden, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and now Biden's opened back up the sure. youth migrant facilities. Yes, right. Yeah. So, well, let's not get on to Biden anymore. <laughs> yeah. I've already talked about him just lobbing bombs into Syria. That could have been a cartel hit. We don't know. We don't know. We never heard any explanation yeah. about it at all. Uh, but yeah, I just that is a plot from some sort of TV show. It should be high school basketball coach who has a second life robbing drug. You really need to watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, Deidre has watched all of Breaking Bad and said it's one of the greatest shows ever. In my opinion, I, I think it is the greatest show. Okay, uh, better than Seinfeld. Well, false. <laughs> I haven't seen all of Seinfeld. <laughs> also, Seinfeld is like a comedy sitcom. Sure, yeah. This is a drama. Yeah. So, but uh, I will probably never watch it. I've gotten to the point now where so many people have told me to watch it that I just, just won't watch it out of spite. Just to rebel. Yeah, right. <laughs> just out of spite. I'll never watch it. Well, uh, Breaking Bad is a uh, high school chemistry teacher right. becomes drug king. Meth, meth, meth lord, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. I got to sneeze. <coughs> nice. Yes. Just gave tiny coronavirus again. <laughs> again. I get my first vaccination next Thursday. This oh, coming congratulations. Thursday. Congratulations. I was supposed to get, all right, so I had it scheduled to get my first shot on Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, then it came up, hey, we can get these people to come to the office and give us the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Mm-hmm. They're coming on Wednesday. Filled out my paperwork, everything. It's great. Now I only got to get one shot. So Tuesday night, I'm like, I, I should cancel my appointment on Friday and let somebody else have that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting a Johnson and Johnson tomorrow <laughs> at work. I show up at work and they're like, Hey, uh, they're not going to give the vaccine because it's been pulled because like six, six people. people got blood clots. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so when they were first telling me that, I thought, Well, everybody here got scared, and I'll just go. I'm about to call this dude as soon as I get in my office and be like, Hey, can I just come over to your place and you give it to me? You know, and uh, <laughs> and then they were like, a, Can we meet in the back alley somewhere? <laughs> but then they were like, No, the government said you can't give it out anymore. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So then I had to reschedule to get my other vaccine. Mm-hmm. So there we go. I'll wait and I'll get that one. And immediately next weekend, I'm going camping. So I'm sure I'll feel great the whole time. <laughs> Be awesome. Britney Spears said that hers was fine. Okay. She didn't feel bad at all. Well, I believe in Britney. <laughs> you know, yes. I believe in Britney. People don't know. I have, I still do a little crush on Britney Spears. <laughs> okay. Even still. though she's kind of crazy a little bit, I still got a little crush on her. You know? What do you think about M&M's? I love them. I'm a peanut M&M fan more mm-hmm. than the regular M&M's. Now, I'm about to say something. That this headline that I can see on the TV says M and S. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That had nothing to do with the uh, M and M's. <laughs> Let's just read it as if it were M and M's. What is M and S? Marks and Spencer? There you go. 
It's a UK retailer. No, okay. they make M&Ms for the British people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you think about honeybees? <laughs> Big fan of honeybees. I love honeybees. Bees are dying at an alarming rate. Yes. We've heard for the past five years, <laughs> at least five years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honeybees are responsible for pollinating a lot of plants. Sure. Which... I don't know. They're supposed isn't there supposed to be like a bee apocalypse coming? Yeah. I've been hearing about it for a long time. I've, it hadn't yeah. happened yet. Hadn't no, because of the efforts of people, I mm-hmm. guess, in limiting pesticide use or whatever. Well, there's a UK retailer called Marks and Spencer. Not to be confused with MMs. <laughs> Correct. Okay. <laughs> Which is or what I thought it was when, when I first <laughs> uh, took a look at this because I guess I just saw M&S, and yeah. my mind immediately was like, ooh, sure. that's the candy. M&M's. Exactly. I love it. I, I saw an M. I was some right now. <laughs> I saw an M and an ampersand and immediately <laughs> yes. assumed it was M&M's. I got you. <laughs> but they're facing a huge backlash because they were going to release 30 million honeybees. Okay. I don't know what the problem is, but we're going to find out. Sure. I guess if you're allergic to bees, maybe you're a little bit freaked out. I guess so. I don't know. I was always told as a kid, hey, you leave that bee alone, it'll leave you alone. That's what I've always and told that has, that advice has All right. done me well my entire life. We had a lot of bees around our shrubs, mm-hmm. like I guess pollinating it back a few weeks ago. And wasps, too, by the way. Yeah. And they all left us alone. We walked right through them mm-hmm. every day. Never bothered us. Yeah, I was surprised about the wasp because... Mm-hmm. Wasp are in general buttholes, you know. <laughs> you still kind of got to swat at them, though. Yeah. At I least in my experience. I don't mess with anything. Hopefully, it, I'm stinging insects way down on my list. Hate them. <laughs> Hate them. Hate them. Anyway, an attempt by Marks and Spencer to do good for the environment by releasing 30 million honeybees into the British countryside has backfired with conservationists warning that the initiative could damage ecosystems and deprive wild pollinators of valuable food sources. Huh. So I guess they're worried about the honeybees moving in and taking... Yeah, the scale. I got you. The UK retailer has placed up to 1,000 beehives on 25 farms to produce single estate honey for customers as part of its five-year Farming with Nature program. The bees are in cedar beehives, Many made in the 1930s with plenty of nectar nearby, according to a company blog. But the announcement has been met with dismay by some bee experts and conservationists. Such an opportunity missed M&S. This is greenwashing or bee washing at its most blatant now. Have you ever heard the terms greenwashing or bee washing? I have not. I have not either. Yeah. Anyway, that was tweeted by Gil Perkins, the chief executive of the Bumblebee Conservation Trust. Critics say M&S should focus on restoring native habitats instead of releasing millions of honeybees, which are just one of the nearly 270 bee species in the UK, many of which are in sharp decline. They are actually ending up doing something that may damage the environment, said Matt Shardlow, head of the conservation charity Bug Life. Hmm. There are not enough wildflowers to support the populations that we have. It's about creating a better countryside for pollinators, not chunking more pollinators into the countryside. We need to get more pollen and nectar into the countryside. Globally, one in four known bee species have not been recorded since 1990, according to a study published earlier this year. Professor Dave Goulson, a bumblebee specialist at the University of Sussex, tweeted, Just adding more honeybees is not the answer to declining pollinator numbers. Come on, at Marks and Spencer, do your homework. Oh, he's getting wild on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. 
A French study published in 2019 found that the spread of the European honeybee around the world threatens local biodiversity because they outcompete wild pollinators such as hoverflies, bumblebees, and red mason bees, which are the most illuminating <laughs> the bees. Yeah, no, they, they run the uh, shadow world of the bee land. Yeah. Yes. They have uh, top secret meetings sure, on yeah. Tuesday nights, Yes, <laughs> followed by potluck. <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> all you can eat barbecue dinner. It's not natural at all. It's farming, said Stephen Falk, an ecologist and pollination advisor. He said the announcement was worrying and the high street chain had got it horribly wrong. I would like to see it held to account for the needs of wild pollinators, which means more habitat and fewer hives. There's growing evidence if you saturate the landscape with honeybees, it has a profound impact impact, and puts pressure on the wild pollinators. Hmm. So I guess they're saying the problem is, is that just releasing the bees, that's just going to make the bees that are there right. fight all over the flowers. Yeah, for the same amount of flowers. What they really should have done is bought up land. Plant a bunch of wildflowers. And clear cut it, cut all the trees <laughs> down, and then plant a bunch of flowers. Sure, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For a while back in the 90s, Aldot, when they would work on like a program, they would spread wildflowers out, you mm-hmm. know, like wildflower seeds out. Yeah. I think that's ended though, but oh. I always thought that was kind of because then, like, after you know, the road work was done, the next season you'd have a bunch of flowers on the side of the road, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. until probably all of the bahia grass and everything else choked the wildflowers <laughs> out. But for a while, I thought that was kind of a cool little program they had, yeah, but. Yeah, these folks are just willy-nilly throwing bees out there. I can't believe M&Ms would do that. <laughs> I will say that of all the bees, honeybees are my favorite. Yeah. I suppose because they actually do something. Sure. Not that the, I mean, pollinating is a big deal and that's yeah. good for everybody. Sure. But the honey is just the icing on the cake, <laughs> you know? Uh, what's your least favorite bee? I don't. I like all bees. Mm, carpenter bees, my least favorite. You talking about the little whitehead bees? Whichever ones bore into like your porch. Okay, those whatever. are very aggravating. Yeah, yeah, those are no fun. But the neat thing about those is they don't have a stinger, and oh, you okay. can catch them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when, when we were kids, we would catch them and we would put like tied dental floss to them. Okay, and then like walk them around. Like, huh? Like I had a big fist full of balloons, but they were bees. Well, know? that's animal abuse. <laughs> well. I was nine. So. <laughs> we, oh, I don't know if I should tell this or not. <laughs> Is this a, a patron story? Remind me to talk about bats in the patrons section. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's move on here. A woman tried to use a $1 million bill at the dollar store. <laughs> she was trying to buy $1 million in inventory. <laughs> So this, it starts out first sentence, two women sought to use a $1 million bill to purchase merchandise at a Dollar General in Tennessee, according to a police report. (laughs) According to the investigators, the duo arrived last Monday morning at the convenience store in Maryville, which they call Dollar General a convenience store. That's Dollar General has everything, (laughs) you know, and it is not convenient to go to Dollar General. There is the chance that you'll get robbed by a meth head while you're there. So in Maryville, which is a Knoxville suburb, home of the University of Tennessee, 
their attempt to use the counterfeit bill was thwarted by a sentient Dollar General employee who called the cops. <laughs> we, we don't have too many sentient <laughs> Dollar General employees. Not something you see every day. No, a not. sentient <laughs> Dollar General employee. <laughs> a sheriff's deputy dispatched to the Dollar General for a suspicious incident spoke with Amanda McCormick, who was 39 and who possessed the counterfeit bill. McCormick, who lives about four miles from the store, was accompanied by a relative, Linda Johnson. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson? <laughs> no. <laughs> McCormick uh, told the cop that she received the $1 million bill in the mail from a church. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those tracks that you opened it up, and it's got the gospel on it. But was unable to provide additional information about the purported house of wor- worships. Uh, uh, about the reported house of worship, uh, as detailed in the Blunt, uh, Blunt County Sheriff's Office report, McCormick had been at a shopping cart full of various items from inside the store, including several gift cards to various businesses. She's in there buying a, a Chili's gift card, Applebee's gift card. Uh, McCormick claimed she was going to use the money to purchase items for care packages for homeless individuals. There you go. Okay, well, there you go. When questioned by the deputy, Johnson disavowed knowledge of the $1 million bill and said she was only riding with Miss McCormick to run errands today. Uh, When the incident was classified by the sheriff's office as fraud by false pretenses, McCormick and Johnson were not arrested. Instead, they were issued a verbal no trespass warning prohibiting them from entering the Dollar General store again. The counterfeit bill is confiscated by police and placed in evidence. <laughs> you mean the track? <laughs> the gospel track was confiscated. Sadly, the police report does not address several obvious questions. Why did McCormick think a church would give her a million bucks? Why McCormick actually was under the impression that the United States Mint had produced $1 million bills? Did she plan on loading the gift cards with six-digit sums, and did she expect Dollar General to make the char- make change? So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that, that begs the question. Let's say you did have a million dollars. Yeah. And you bebop on up in... Um, hang on one second. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. okay. It wasn't Ollie. Which, when we were eating, the whole time we ate lunch, Ollie was like, can I go over to Eli's when we get back? <laughs> I was like, well, I bet you they're not even home from lunch yet oh uh-uh, they're gonna be there <laughs> and he's like do you want to bet and i was like well Ollie, you don't have anything to bet with you know like, you don't have any you're money. just an orphan yeah. you don't have anything well he had 50 dollars cash but he wanted to get a game for his switch right so he gave me 50 dollars cash i was toting around like 50 dollars and one dollar bills <laughs> yeah and uh I was like, I've already got all your money. <laughs> but then when we pulled up, your van wasn't here. I was like, see, they're not here. Yeah. yeah. And so, now you don't get a switch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so there you go. Anyway. So, yeah, if you. If you if got you, a $1 million yeah, bill. Yes. Let's say you had a million dollars in a in a briefcase. Sure. And you, you can't spend all that at Dollar General. No. I mean, normally, like, counterfeiters people who make counterfeit bills mm-hmm. they'll make them you know hundreds and twenties they'll go in spend buy a small purchase use that get changed back mm-hmm. and that's how they that's how the game works right. don't ask me how i know well i remember there was a movie called pink cadillac oh yeah if i'm not if i'm familiar is that it, clint eastwood 
I don't think I don't know. I don't either. I have no idea. No, was, that was one where he drove a pink Cadillac with okay. a monkey. I don't remember the name of that one. This movie was on a TV when I was a kid. Okay, and I was half watching it, half playing with my action figures. Sure, I just remember Is that what they're calling it these days. <laughs> All right. I just remember at one point she's got a million dollars in the Cadillac, and but it's it's counterfeit. Yeah. And I just remember uh, my uncle saying, man, if I had a million dollars in counterfeit like money, I would be stopping at every single, you know, 7-Eleven on the road and like buying <laughs> yeah. a Coke with a $20 bill, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nothing more dollar general than somebody showing up with a million dollar, <laughs> a fake million dollar thing that they supposedly got from a church. <laughs> Once again, it's it's got to be one of those gospel tracks, don't it? You would think because you've seen them, Adam. Oh, you? yeah, no, no. It looks like, I mean, I've well, maybe it's a million dollars. I've seen them, I know it was like a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, and it's folded, yeah, and it's made to look, yeah. And then when you open it up, it's like, oh, this this isn't a hundred thousand dollars, but I've I can it's tell something you something better. that's something yeah. even better, something more valuable than a million dollars, yeah, no, I'm thinking it's got to be one of those. Probably so. Hilarious that the police officers <laughs> confiscated it. <laughs> Maybe it will lead the police officer to Christ. You know? Yeah. His word will not return void. We all know that. Uh, there we go. Yeah. It was just wild. You know, I'm glad the uh, Dollar General clerk was on her toes or his <laughs> his or her toes. Yeah. I wonder if she took that little marker. <laughs> like tried to write on it first. <laughs> like she didn't obviously. Well, I say she. It'd be hilarious if the Dollar General employee didn't immediately think this was right. bad yeah. and like use the marker on it first. Well, it was probably bigger than a normal bill, I would think. Mm -hmm. You know, just to get all the zeros on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is made out of like shiny, yeah, like magazine right. paper, yeah, like a glossy paper. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. John, this is a story that I wanted to talk about last week. Okay. But we just couldn't. Sure. And then I wanted to talk about it on the patron show. And then and we ended up just talking about look, grief for over an hour. Look, if you aren't part of our patron, <laughs> I went deep into <laughs> yes. my psychosis, you know, and uh, talked a lot about some pretty deep and dark stuff. I think we actually grew as friends that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and all of us, not just me and you, but right. the audience too. Yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, if you hated that episode, you're a horrible person. Okay. But we'll get back on track the next one, yes. right? Well, that's like an hour or so of me just babbling. Yeah. So, yeah. How's this for vulnerable? I put my dad's eulogy on the end. There you go. Yeah. Just because it felt right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, like, if I haven't been vulnerable enough, <laughs> let me put this on the end. People are like, man, we paid money to cry. <laughs> you know? That's a while. But anyway, we're finally going to do this story now. A man is looking for the friends who shipped him overseas in a crate in 1965. Okay. This All right. is an excellent story. <laughs> and I probably won't read this guy's book because I just don't. We're we read the story. We don't need to, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't read a lot of books, not because I don't like to read books, but because I would rather play video games I got you. and watch Netflix. I enjoy reading, but I will never read this book. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the book, The Crate Escape, details how Brian Robson's scheme almost killed him. 
Brian Robson is looking for the two Irishmen who helped stuff him into a wooden crate in 1965 and ship him home to the UK in the mail. <laughs> he was 19 years old and he was working in Australia when he and his two buddies hatched and executed an unconventional plan. The problem is, at the time, we made an agreement that it would be secret because none of us expected any publicity. I mean, the idea was that I would get to London and I would get out of the crate and disappear, go home, and nobody would be any wiser. Unfortunately, the whole thing went wrong. Five decades later, he has written a book about the ill-conceived misadventure called The Crate Escape. <laughs> In 1964, he traveled to Cardiff, Wales. Wait, he traveled from Cardiff, Wales to Melbourne, Australia on an assisted immigration program to work for Victorian Railways. Shout out to Sadie. She's she's from Wales. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Our most famous international <laughs> listener. Yes. He quickly regretted the decision and he became desperately homesick. But he simply couldn't just quit his job because he had a contract with the government to stay and work for two years. And if he broke that contract, then he would have to pay back the money that the country had spent to get him over there. Oh, wow. I.e., they paid for your plane ticket and yeah. you worked on the yeah. railway for two years. So he and his two closest work buddies devised a scheme to mail him home. <laughs> he believes their names were John and Paul, but after all these years, he's not even sure about that. And he, sorry, he definitely don't remember their last names. They bought a wooden crate that he would barely fit inside with his knees folded up to his chest. They nailed him in with a bottle of water and a light and an empty bottle so that he could, you know, use the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> a small suitcase and a pillar, a pillow and a hammer to break out of the crate once he made it to his destination. <laughs> Uh, they covered the crate with labels that read fragile, handled with care, and this side up. It was scheduled to fly from Melbourne to London within 36 hours, which that's, it seems doable. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, yes, well, that's it's not pretty impressive be, for 1965 to yeah, get something yeah. there in what, three days? I would imagine that that was probably pretty day expensive and to get that kind of uh, time yeah, right. on a crate like that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they he ended up being inside that crate for five days. Oh, wow. A little bit longer than 36 hours. Yes. It was terrifying. He passed in and out of consciousness from lack of oxygen. Oh. Uh, I'm assuming he was on a plane, and I guess they don't pressurize the, the luggage compartment. I don't know. <laughs> it seemed there was an endless number of stopovers, and the airport crew didn't pay any attention to the crate's labels. Yeah, no, if you've point. ever seen a load air, <laughs> yes. if you've ever seen a load luggage onto an aircraft, you're like, man... <laughs> At one point, he was literally upside down on a tarmac, sitting on his head for 24 hours because there wasn't enough room in the crate to turn around. Oh, Lord. Dad, come. <laughs> That'd be terrible. He played with the idea for a few seconds of abandoning this and just breaking out, but he kept telling himself, you've done all this. You can't embarrass yourself now. Uh, just go ahead, go ahead and it'll be worth it, which this is what's called the sunken cost fallacy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> this is it in practice right here. By the time it became unbearable, it was too late for him to change plans. I would say the last five or six hours of flying, I was quite convinced that that was the end, and I thought I was going to die, he said. He was trapped in the hold of an aircraft with no air in pitch blackness, and of course he couldn't move a muscle, and he couldn't get out of the crate even if he wanted to, because by this time he's so weak right. that he can't even break out with a hammer if he wants to at what at one point he managed to turn on his flashlight 
He was in another airport when a worker finally noticed and he peered into the hole in the side of the crate. He looked straight into my eye, and if there was an Olympic Games going on at the time, he would have won for backflip. <laughs> he backflip so far. <laughs> he was so exhausted and dehydrated, though, that he couldn't even speak or move. He heard a bunch of commotion as people shouted about a dead body in the crate. Within a very short time, there were maybe 20 or 40 people around, including FBI, CIA, everybody. That's because he wasn't in London. They had put him on the wrong plane. And he was in Los Angeles. (laughs) He was supposed to go from Melbourne to London in 36 hours. He ended up in Los Angeles. He was in there for five days (laughs) and landed in L.A. Dear goodness. After the U.S. officials determined that he was neither dead nor was he a threat, he was freed to go home. Pan American Airlines flew him first class. The Americans, the FBI, and everybody else, they were brilliant. I mean, I fell in love with America because I have never been treated so well, he said. Oh, greatest country on earth. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) People people are literally dying to get in here. (laughs) Everybody there really looked after me. And they just thought, oh, it's the silly kid just getting himself into trouble. His bizarre journey generated media buzz at the time, but he never mentioned his two partners in crime for fear that they would get in trouble. Mm-hmm. The three young men had no idea whether their antics were against the law. Now, with his book coming out next month, he is hoping that he will be able to reconnect with them. They were very good friends, only for about three months, because I only knew them for about three months. But we used to meet each other every evening and chat about old times and how we wanted to get out of Australia and also chat about girlfriends and everything else. Just guys being dudes. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he would like to see him again. But man, what a story. Yeah, man. right. All right, scroll down. I, what I like about his picture of him now, though, yeah. up there is that he's just sitting there with a with a cigarette in his hand. You know, it's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm old. I'm gonna smoke. You know, <laughs> I got a dart. I'm inside too. I don't even care. I love it. Well, that that's wild. I mean, you see it on on TV sometimes yeah. about people mailing people other places or whatever. But this dude actually tried it. Right. That's uh, and ended up in Los Angeles. No, <laughs> no wonder he was gone for five days. I would rather be in Melbourne. <laughs> I mean, yeah. talk about out of the firing pan into the fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> LA back then is probably a little different than it is now. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, good for him. Well, this is a story I was going to do on the Patreon show this okay. week. Um, my pillow. Mm-hmm. We've we've talked. I've been in search for a pillow. It's kind of died off, though. I've just have you have you reserved yourself to the idea that you're just not going to have a, a a good night's sleep anymore. Well, my current plan is to complain enough that my wife just buys one for me. <laughs> that's John. That's a terrible plan. No, nah, that's. <laughs> That's how I have the current pillow I have. But uh, then you're just going to complain about the one that she got you, aren't no, you? No, will get me what I want. Okay. You know, I mean, like, she knows, mm-hmm. and she knows where to look, and she knows the password to the Amazon account. I have no <laughs> idea what that is. So <laughs> We I'm had just, a guy on the Discord recommend, recommending some brand. I right. don't remember. No, she actually owns that pillow. I showed oh, it to her. Okay. Yeah, she has that pillow, not what I'm looking for. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I need a block of foam. Mm-hmm. I want it like a cinder block with just a little bit of padding. I mm-hmm. like a real hard pillow. In case a pillow fight breaks out, I want to, I want the <laughs> you advantage. Win. Yeah, right, exactly. 
Well, my pillow CEO's free speech social network will ban posts that take the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> After a public break with Facebook and Twitter, Mike Pillow's founder, Mike Lindell, is getting close to the launch of a new conservative-focused social network, giving more detail on the project in a video posted online this week. They say getting close, but how close are we really? I don't know, but we got to get in on the ground floor with this. And what was the other one? Parlor. Yeah, we missed I'm out on that. I'm still on there. I, I'm not. I, I know deleted it and I can't get back on it. <laughs> well, I was about to say, Parlor is back. Yeah. But because their app is not on the Google Play Store or the yeah, iOS I can't. app store, you. Right. But I wanted us to blow up on there, you know, not really because we're conservative or anything. I just thought, well, here's a bunch of idiots that listen to the podcast. And there was a bunch of people leaving because they got mad. Sure. And so we were like, well, we'll just see. Maybe this one will hang around. Yeah. If you have a brand, you want to be on every place you can reach people at. Right. Yeah. And Twitter is like difficult. Yeah, because it's so it's it's so big now that everyone getting on on Twitter, they're just white noise. Sure. Yeah, but this being like a new thing, yeah, we, we thought Facebook well, maybe charges can... you to do anything if <laughs> yes. you have a, a actual business. So you can't message your mom without being Facebook <laughs> somewhere, right? So I was thinking we could get in early and become king of the boomers. That's what we <laughs> yeah. wanted to be, you know. Yes. Like we would be their podcast they listen to or whatever. listen to our new podcast, Boomer Kings. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody taking the back seat. <laughs> exclusive to Parlor. <laughs> But uh, but that didn't work out. I got I just got tired of it and yeah. quit, which I will do. I'll I'll get really excited <laughs> about something and then just would go ask ah, too much. I will say that uh, parlor uh, is. I don't know what the problem is. It's not not really going like I don't. I mean, all you, I log on there. It doesn't matter who you follow. All you see is uh, you know ten reasons Trump's the greatest president. <laughs> Five reasons not to take the vaccine. I've noticed all this stuff. I've noticed a lot of people who said they were leaving Facebook for Parlo a while back. <laughs> They're back on Facebook. They've been on Facebook the whole time. You mean like a lot of people who said they wouldn't support Alabama football anymore because sure, they marched? Because they did a Black Lives Matter march. <laughs> yes. yeah. No, a lot of those people. They were now too. walking around in national championship oh, yeah, shirts. 2020 national <laughs> yes. championship shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyways, his social social new uh, social network. His social network is going to simply be called Frank. Okay, uh, and it's set to open its doors to a limited set of users on April sixteenth. So oh, that was two we, days ago. Yeah, right. How did we, we missed it. it. Oh no. Uh, developed in the months since the twenty twenty election, Lindell has described the project as a combination of print, radio, and TV offering both text posts and live streaming capability. Perhaps the strangest promise is that conservative personalities will have significantly more followers on the fledgling network. People are going to have more followers, Lindell said, 10 times more followers. Uh, In a recent video, Lindell explained that the network was still moderate against profanity and threats of violence, setting it apart from previous right-wing platforms like Parler and Gab, which prided themselves on the refusal to censor offensive speech, which I'm anti-censorship. Oh, we've been mm-hmm. over that. I think people should say everything. But then Lindell says, uh, you don't get to use the four swear words, the C word, the N word, the F word, or God's name in vain. 
instituting that policy will present a significant challenge to conventional automated moderation programs, which are adept at identifying specific strains of text, but have no system to distinguish between devout and profane invocations of God. To avoid deplatforming efforts from app stores, the Frank Social Network is formatted as a web app and is accessed by navigating to the site from a mobile browser. This means it doesn't have to comply with Apple and Google Store's guidelines, but it also severely limits the app's functionality. The Frank site gives detailed instructions for how users can set up the Frank Web app as a direct icon. Uh, Lindell first announced a project on Steve Bannon's podcast in March out of frustration with mass deplatforming of claims that the 2020 election had somehow been stolen from Donald Trump, <laughs> which I mean, I, I still see him that it's been stolen on my Facebook feed from <laughs> a few people. The new platform would avoid restrictions put in place by app stores instead of promoting voices of free speech, except for those cuss words. So. Despite extensive and well-funded investigations, advocates have produced no credible evidence of vast motor fraud, vast vote, mass voter fraud, fraud. Yes. in the 2020 election. Lindell is currently facing a $1.3 billion defamation case from Dominion, Dominion Voting Systems as a result of his claims about the election. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Are you signing up? Well, you can't sign up. It's got oh. it's frankspeech.com. And you enter your mobile phone number and submit it, but you can't enter your number. So either the uh, maybe they've already been taken down, <laughs> they didn't even get off the ground. They're already shadow banning us this podcast. <laughs> well, we haven't even joined. <laughs> wow, wow! And we never take the name of the Lord's Lord's name in vain. We don't, or uh, use any of those other words. Um. Yeah. No. No. Not. I mean, a couple of them. Not mm-hmm. the N word. Never use that. Uh, I've been known to throw around a couple of other ones if I get mad enough. <laughs> you know what will make you cuss? Time. And, and I'm talking about gloriously cuss because you're so happy. <laughs> uh, that would be Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. And we want to thank them for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com where you can order the spice on the website. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Um, if you take your million-dollar dollar bill down to the Dollar General, <laughs> you can pick you up some Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice with it. Or you can go to their website, CajunCurl.com, and you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice right there. And on the website, you'll also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel my, like Mike Lindell <laughs> putting out evidence of mass voter fraud in the 2020 election while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, slow salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. 
because we ask that you use this price, but don't ask you pay full price. That's right. I'm looking at a more recent article right here that says that uh, Michael Lindell, his social media site, still hasn't launched. So okay. It was supposed to launch Thursday night, but as of now, and this is being recorded on Sunday, April 18th, it still hasn't launched. So you can get in on the ground floor. Of- Whenever it launches. <laughs> but, I mean, look, I don't want to... I don't want to wish anybody like I don't want to like kick anyone while they're down or anything like this, but I don't know. There's been so many social platforms come and go, and so many of them have failed, even if they're still around. Sure, you know it seems like Facebook and Twitter it, it just have such a stranglehold. They do that is probably not going to go anywhere. Yeah, no, it's tough. I think yes. you're coming in to a well-established. Well, this is like LA Gear tennis shoes, okay? Mm-hmm. You may remember LA Gear, popular in the 80s, the 90s, 90s probably more than likely. They came out and they were like, "Hey, we're going to compete in the tennis shoe market against Nike, Adidas, and Reeboks." Okay? They signed Joe Montana to be their spokesperson and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody wears LA Gear tennis shoes. They don't even make them anymore because the Nike, Reebok, and Adidas has such a stranglehold on it. And that's just the way it goes. It's mm-hmm. tough to break in unless you're New Balance and you find a niche market like you know, dads who like to mow the grass. <laughs> Under Armour, they were able to break into the tennis shoe market. Under Armour did really well, but they started out as like performance wear, yes. you know, all their shirts and mm-hmm. everything. And then they established a brand that way and then grew out of that, you know, right. which was smart. It was a smart business plan. Um, but Under Armour still way below Nike or whatever. Auburn wears Under Armour and, uh, that's the only university I can think of that is an Under Armour school anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Auburn used to wear Russell Athletic for a long time. So did Alabama. Made in Alabama, too. But we just decided to quit and go to Nike because Nike offered us a billion dollars or whatever it right. was to, to wear their product. It was a smart move by Nike because we're on TV and that swoosh gets seen all the time. Nobody text us? <clears throat> no. Mm. Man, I was I was convinced we'd get some tech. <sighs> John, do you want? We have an email this week. Okay. Do we want to read the email or do we want to ask questions first? Um, let's read the email. Let's do the email. Today's email comes from Terry. Okay. And it starts off Hello, Chris. Hello, John. My name is Terry, but my husband's name is also Terry. So I shall call him Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) My husband, Lucifer, listens to your show every week. I'm glad. I love it. I'm glad the devil listens. Big fan of Lucifer. I'm a huge fan of Lucifer. Everybody knows. The devil he listens to (laughs) Earth Oddity podcast. Some would say the devil is involved in recording this (laughs) podcast. Anyway, uh, he listens to your show every week, and he has been listening since the very first episode. So that's amazing. Long time. That's a long EOP fan. Yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have listened to a few of your podcasts, some of which have been extremely funny. Some of which. <laughs> Not <laughs> all of them, but some of them have. It's hard to do extremely funny every single sure, show. Yeah. I mean, we're going once a week here. It's <laughs> <Yes>. tough. <laughs> But I do not have time to listen to all of your podcasts. Sorry. Mm. I mean, uh, you would make time if it was extremely funny every time. You got to, you know, search your, you got to figure out what your priorities in life are. That's right. 
And I bet you, you and your husband get along better if you listen to everyone. <laughs> yeah. You have something to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> However, I have been wanting my husband to tell the story, but he will not do it. Uh, what I did, but it backfired on me, and I have learned my lesson not to do it again. Okay. My mother-in-law had told me how picky of an eater my husband is and how she would hide vegetables in his food growing up so that he would eat them. She would have to camouflage them well. I, however, do not have to camouflage them well because my husband has been blind since I met him in 2010. Okay. We're huge with the blind community. <laughs> we are. You know? Yes. I mean, we are huge <laughs> with the blind community. Shout out to the our blind listeners. Yeah. You know? You got Tiny, the one who disparaged Helen Keller. I was going to say, huge fans of Helen Keller. <laughs> Everybody knows we love guess. Helen Keller. <laughs> A fellow Alabamian, Helen Keller. People who have listened to her Thoughty podcast know <laughs> right. that we would never say anything disparaging about <laughs> Helen Keller. Which, Corey, put, <laughs> put, I've not laughed that hard. The greatest <laughs> Helen Keller post in our Facebook group I've seen in a long time. You know, <laughs> shout out to Corey for that one. She's become one of my favorite people on Facebook too. Yes. Anyway. So I'm guessing she does. She can just feed him vegetables and yeah, because I mean, he's blind. He, right, he's blind. He doesn't know. know. Okay. <laughs> My story takes place shortly after we were married in 2011. I had made homemade tacos for dinner, and I asked my husband how he would like his tacos. He told me, shells, meat, lettuce, cheese. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> there's a Perry Grip song, It's Raining Tacos. Oh, okay. That's, that's like part it's of the It's not, song. It's Raining Men. No, it's- except- with tacos, I might edit in a little bit of it. It's, it's not. It's raining, man. This is shell, cheese, 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 cheese. It's raining tacos, raining tacos. It would be. I would. That would be a better parody to me. You know, it's raining tacos. Hallelujah. Yeah. Anyway, maybe we need to do that one. He says, uh, I like the, or she says, I like the same, but with sour cream, tomatoes, and raw onions. Okay. Sounds delicious. I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. I accidentally, on purpose, gave my husband one of my tacos in with his three tacos, and he ate all of them, and he didn't even gripe or complain about the one special taco. Sure. He, of course, knew the outcome raw onion would have on his body, but I did not. Okay, anaphylactic shock. <laughs> the next evening, we were driving home. I'm guessing the whole time that special taco was just it was marinating, <laughs> you yeah, know, percolating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were driving home and we were just about ready to pull into our driveway when I smelt a really odd, stinky odor. And my husband was snickering. Mm. My eyes were starting to water. <laughs> I threw the van in park, shut off the motor, and opened the van door as me, my daughter, and her boyfriend began vomiting all over the front yard. Oh, oh, oh wow. Goodness. That's an all-timer That's right there. That's going to be bad to get yes. the vomit. Uh, it smelled so bad. Me and the kids were puking in the front yard. My husband just laughed and strolled past us on his way to unlock the front door saying, don't feed me raw onions again. <laughs> <laughs> After about an hour, I sent my daughter out to the van with a can of air freshener and she cracked open the door and sprayed the whole can in the van. Sure. 
The next morning, we went outside to the van. We opened the doors, and it still stunk in the van. Foul, stinky, old smells still lingering. I wanted to puke all over again. My husband has since then been giving me a list of things that give him gas and things that make them really stinky. I will never mix up his foods again. Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If this makes it on the show, do you still send out pocket knives? You know, we actually have a few, a couple more. Of okay, those. there we go. That just that right there shows you how long they've been listening. That's right. Yeah, that was early, early days. We're talking single digits. Yeah, Earth Oddity podcast. For people who don't know, Tiny stole some pocket knives from his grandmother. If no, I remember correctly, that's not true. That's Tiny. not true. My grandmother lives in an elderly apartment complex called yeah. Presbyterian Apartments. Yes. The old man that lived down the hall <laughs> That's right. died. Tiny stole my, from a dead my man. My grandmother <laughs> nicked a bag of knives from his apartment and gave them to me. There we go. Tiny's grandmother stole. <laughs> yes. I knew there was a grand larceny involved. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, I don't need like an entire bag of Chinese pocket knives. What am I going to do with these? We're going to sit them I'll out. I'll give them out to listeners. That's right. <laughs> so, well, there we go. We were trading them for reviews there for a while. Yeah. I would make you write us a review, but iTunes, they don't get they've let us have re- us. <laughs> They've completely pulled our reviews down. So. Look for our show on Frank, the new social media <laughs> network. <laughs> if it ever launches. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a that's a wild story. Yeah, uh, I mean, kudos to the husband. You know, <laughs> yes. I mean, that is uh, that's a get back of an all time get back. I love it. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, she won't put any onions in his food anymore. So good for him. You want to round this out with some questions? Sure. All right. And now it's time for ask John questions about stuff. Right, for anyone who is unaware of this long-running Earth Oddity segment, <laughs> people, if you want to ask John questions, you can go to our Discord server, sure. link in the show notes, and you can go to the appropriately titled Ask John Questions About Stuff. Yep. You can type your question. We'll ask John on the show, and he will answer it correctly. Yeah. All right. First question, Goose asks, what is the real reason the South fought in the Civil War? <sighs> okay. Well, <laughs> the real reason was states' rights. And that state right they really wanted to do was to own slaves. <laughs> okay. I was hoping that's how you would answer it. The uh, war was fought over states' rights. Yeah. Specifically the right, right to, to own, own slaves. <laughs> if you look at the Articles of Succession that were drafted by each state. And I think nine out of 13, maybe 11 out of the 13, specifically mentioned the right to own slaves mm-hmm. as, hey, this is why we're getting out of here, yeah. you know? And um, so, I mean, I think it would be naive to say that any one war was fought over any singular issue because uh, geopolitical issues are often tend to be complex, mm-hmm. but... Uh, if you're looking for just a good cut and dry answer, it would be the right to own slaves and that the southern states did not feel that the federal government had the right to tell them they could not have slaves. Turns out they can. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. We learned an important lesson, <laughs> a very important lesson. 
that they will uh, definitely uh, they, they they don't like the union breaking up. I'll just say that much. Yeah, Sherman really hated it. <laughs> did yeah. not like it at all. Yeah, did not like it at all. So there we go. All right. Raytheon asked if a ventriloquist puppeteer shot himself, who killed him, the puppet or himself? <laughs> I would say he, because a puppet cannot uh, act alone, mm -hmm. it needs someone else. He killed himself. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Raytheon asked, is a whiskey truck hauler technically drink driving? He's not drinking while driving. He's hauling containers of the drink to be drunk later on. Well, in the United States, it's either driving under the influence or driving while intoxicated. Mm -hmm. So, no, as long as he's not drinking while he's driving yes. or got drunk before he drove. Yeah. Americans are known for having extremely well thought out sure. vocabulary. Yes. <laughs> and, right. And terms to describe yes. things. Right. Yeah. Jacqueline asked, what was your relationship with the health inspector at Roly Poly? I will judge you. Partially, if you give the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, my health inspector, Mr. Simpson, and I have what I always felt like was a pretty good relationship. Like kind of chummy? Uh, well, I, I always thought I would be better served being nice to him yeah. than not than being confrontational about issues. Of course. Like one time he counted us off. We used to store our sugar in a five gallon bucket with a lid on it, you know, as like a, a, a food service bucket. Mm -hmm. We would get a 50 pound bag of sugar poured in there and that's what we would dip out of. And he counted me off because he says it wasn't labeled sugar. And he was like, it could be bulk salt. And I'm like, well, we don't have bulk salt. The, the only thing it could be here at my restaurant is sugar because that's all we carry. Well, you got to you gotta count it all. That made me kind of mad, you know, because he got <laughs> to count not me just off. let you take a Sharpie right then and there? <laughs> well, no, the but that's what I did. You know, I just wrote <laughs> sugar on the lid. After that, it was fine. And that was something he had looked at probably a million times and never said anything, which goes back to my point that I made before that I felt like every time he walked in the store, he was like, Okay, it looks like a 95. Mm -hmm. And then he would just find points to get me down to 95. Right. So it's, but we always had a pretty good relationship. Uh, you know, he he wasn't a bad guy. He's just doing his job. And I was just doing my job. And I didn't keep a horribly dirty restaurant anyways. So. I've always wondered uh, if health inspectors are susceptible to bribes. I feel like they are, but I never tried that. Never tried it. No, I mean, mm -hmm. I wanted to get a score based on what we did. Right. You know, like I, I wasn't afraid of him. If I was running a place that was like really crappy and we were, <laughs> you know, serving out of temp foods and all of that, then maybe then I would have tried it. But I always was confident in what mm -hmm. we were doing, you know, and we would get counted off for stupid stuff most mm -hmm. of the time. Like, oh, somebody left the 409 back here on the prep table. You know, and you can't have that on a on a food prep area. Right. So we counted all five points for that. And I was like, oh, well, we deserve that. You know, like, hey, idiots, I've told you a million times, put the 409 back here. I know the phone rang while you had it in your hand, but let's just be smart. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Most of the time, that was it. Every once in a while, he'd count me off for something like that sugar that he looked at a million times. Now, one time, he didn't know we had a basement for forever. <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't volunteer that information. Well, I, I mean, I didn't never, I never really walked around with him while he did it. You mm -hmm. know, like when he would come back up with a sheet to get me to sign it, then we would go over the things and now I would be like, well, let me look at that, you know, so I'll understand what I need to, to correct. 
Well, and he never uh, pushed the button on the bust that would uh, make the <laughs> bookshelf slide to the side. So in our basement, we kept dry storage, a lot of dry storage, and we had a deep freeze down there, and we had a stand-up cooler. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept all our chicken down there because we we sold a ton of chicken. We were getting chicken. We would keep some frozen, put it in, you know, thawed out in the cooler and everything. And then they would go get it. Well, the kid comes up in the middle of the health inspection with this stuff, and he was like, uh, he was like, hey, I got two boxes of chicken out of the basement, you know, just to let you know. And the guy was like, oh, you got a basement? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Stupid yes, sir. Kid. <laughs> and he went down there and he ripped us apart. Oh, no. I mean, he ripped us <laughs> apart, which is fine. I mean, there's some stuff that I didn't know, you <laughs> yeah. know, like uh, that I couldn't have stuff stored here or whatever. You didn't try? And, no, we don't have yeah. a basement. No, We're I, just like common ping pong. We don't have a basement. I always felt like if I was down. I learned like he was a Dolphins fan, a Miami Dolphins fan. When he told me that, I was the biggest Dolphins fan ever. <laughs> I would keep up with the Dolphins when he would come in. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Ronnie Brown. You know, I was like, what? I love Dan Marino. <laughs> I'd be like, talk about a bunch of Dolphins stuff with him. And I felt I like that Nick was pretty Saban good. for leaving the Dolphins. Yeah, right. <laughs> the one thing that bothered me, though, is that uh, all the bars have to get health inspected, mm-hmm. you know, but they knew when he was coming because nobody was there during the day. And, you know, of course, the health inspector, at least in the United States, is not going to work after hours. You <laughs> right. know, no. Uh, if it's five, after five, they're not coming, you know. And so the bars would get to make appointments with him and then spend, you know, like all mm-hmm. week getting ready. And I didn't know he would just pop in. Now, I know he came like four times a year. So, you know, usually every three months he's mm-hmm. coming around. But I felt like they had an unfair advantage. Right. And I know like, well, at least we looked one time at least in the quick grill down on the strip during the day and yeah. using it. Uh, we approached them because they don't, they're not open during the day. And they were like, no, we don't want to do that because we haven't been health inspected in like 10 years because we're only open for like 11 o'clock at night oh, till dang. two in the morning or whatever, <laughs> you know? And they're like, we don't want to get back into that. I was like, okay, fair enough. That's Dang. a fair point. But I wanted to sit up down there and just sell sandwiches during the day to all the people walking around. Right. And I was going to give him a, a pretty pity to do it. Mm-hmm. But the guy was like, no, no. <laughs> We're no, not man. doing that. We, they ain't been buying a long, long time. Raytheon asks, police have canine attack dog units. Have you ever heard of the attack goose unit? I'll <laughs> call it the G005 unit. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> He's got a picture here. Of a goose just hanging out by a police officer. Okay. <laughs> he has yes. a car pulled over. Geese are notoriously mean, so that yeah. might be a good police animal to have. <laughs> That's our Bobo. Uh, new uh, yeah. new guy on the Discord right. channels. Welcome. Well, I'm related to a lot of Bobos, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So, Well, maybe this one's yours. Yeah, we could be related. That's your Bobo. From from France. The <laughs> from, That's where those my Bobos come out of. Yeah. <laughs> What is the statute of limitations on a marriage proposal? Okay, so background. I used to co-host a show similar in nature to EOP, and I may have kind of proposed to a person in one of the stories, and I'm not sure what the shelf life on that should be. <laughs> I, I'll say you only get a week on a marriage proposal, right? Like, if they don't answer you, then you got to assume the answer is no, right. correct? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't hold out there for good mm-hmm. or forever in perpetuity. So to speak, yeah. I think it is. Uh, it's subject to change until you walk down the aisle, well, right, and say you're 
Say your vows? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I agree about that. Mm-hmm. Like during our wedding, when Deidre teared up, I was like, well, here's where she's about to say I can't do it. You know, <laughs> like I realized yes. this dude is an idiot. You know, I fully a hundred percent thought that because it, it was like when he was reading the vows and she was getting ready to say I do. And she teared up, and I was like, she realizes she's making a mistake. And I <laughs> I agree. You and know? your dad had done told her, hey, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't marry into this family. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right. That is all the questions for all today. Right. But if you have some, don't hesitate. Join our Discord. Yeah, absolutely. Link yeah. in the show notes. I hadn't had a lot of time to be chatting it up in there lately, but I'm going to do try to do better. Mm-hmm. Attempt to do better. No promises. <laughs> John, as we draw to the close of this show, one thing that we have to talk about before we leave is how thankful we are for our patrons. Every single one of them. Sure. All of them. (laughs) But the the ones we are extremely, even more than normal thankful, we're like extra thankful, Mm -hmm. uh, $5 extra thankful, (laughs) (laughs) are the ones who donate at the 10 or above tier on Patreon. We would like to thank them by name. They are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela, I believe that's Pinto? Sure. That's how I would pronounce it. Brand new patron. Thank you so much. Yeah. Shout out to Angela, listener of the week. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Ms. Kara Wisco, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. J.D. Westfall, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Ms. Sharon Craig, Mr. Thomas Williams, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Tyler Bond, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. Mick, Mick Will. Will. Thank you all so much for donating to the show and allow us to do what we do. That's right. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate it. Angela actually sent us a message on Patreon. And oh, said, yeah. You guys are cool. Okay. And your podcast is a blessing. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. That does make me feel pretty good. Yes. Thank you, Angela. You are listener of the week. And thank you for blessing us with your money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which we will, much like a church, squander. Uh, <laughs> but we'll try our best to do something good with it. Yes. For our own benefit, much like a church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you would like to hop on that Patreon train, you can head over to patreon.com slash earthoddity. Yeah. We have several different tiers, but if you sign up at the $5 tier, that gives you an extra show every single week. Yeah. And once a month, an all-exclusive patrons-only episode. Well, and I don't know, because I I don't know anything, Tiny, but if you join the Patreon today, do you get access to all of the past Patreons? Absolutely, you Oh, do. then you... You, we recorded a winner. I mean, <laughs> if you want to know why I am the way I am, this is the one to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's an in depth look into mine and Tiny's soul mm-hmm. more than anything I think we've ever done. We had an outline for the show, and we completely, and we were going to do our our usual thing right. where we talk about what, what's cool. Sure, we share a couple odd news stories, and we were going to round it out with a game of I wish. Yeah, which we are going to do. Sure, but for whatever reason, when we met last week, we completely tossed right. the outline. I've been drinking. <laughs> we just bared our souls. We just went, yeah, for everyone. <laughs> yes. So. Listen up, you know, join up so you can hear that. Very therapeutic, at least for me. Yeah, it was. It was. I enjoyed it. That is patreon.com slash earth oddity. Extend your oddity. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's five bucks. Yeah. It's <laughs> worth the price of admission I just mean, for on. that episode. You can't get a happy meal for five yeah. bucks. No. We're not asking for a lot. Yeah. 
You could get a Happy Meal for five bucks, right? Not a six count. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so rich I don't look at prices anymore at McDonald's. We just order. So, by the way, we went to Captain D's today. But they are they like their food. You know, I guess it's yes. expensive over well, there. Well, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it's right up there with Red Lobster as far as my favorite <laughs> seafood restaurant. That is that is premium sure. white fish. Yes. <laughs> so. No, yeah. I want to get the black and white fish with the shrimp skewer. Come <laughs> on. That's where it's at. Uh, I guess that'll about do it for the free show, but what do we have coming up in the extension? Uh, I have a burglary, burglary, burglar, <laughs> a burglary story. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I have a story about Jerry Falwell Jr. There we go. Just another yeah, another Jerry. entry in the epic that oh, is Jerry Falwell Jr. I still would like to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I would like to get his wife on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be a good one, too. <laughs> you know, I used to clean pools for a living. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything to say before we cut this off? Nope. I hope uh, everyone has a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend to listen. That's yeah. the least you could do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to even join the Patreon. Just tell a friend. That yeah, is we your... would like you to join the Patreon. Sure. But yeah, tell somebody about yeah, it. Yeah, just tell a friend about us. Maybe they'll join the Patreon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then y'all can listen together. It was like a little cheat. I don't I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna open it up, but uh, that's what you could do. So yeah. <laughs> You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, we're on them all. Yep. If you would like to email into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. We also have that same handle on Instagram if you want to check out our show art. Excellent show art, by the way. We have a Discord server. Probably the best way to get in touch with us. Yeah, no, if you want an actual real interaction, <laughs> yeah. that's where it's at right Link there. Link in the show notes. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook discussion group. And we have a phone number that you can call or text. Mm-hmm. What is that phone number? Get ready to put it in your phone right now. That's right. It is 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.